Welcome back. It's a Thursday. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome into the rest of the network. Joining us as we go up until 2 o'clock here across the great state of Wisconsin. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. Open championship underway. I got up at the break of dawn today to watch it. Terrific decision. I will do the same tomorrow. I will do the same Saturday. I will do the same on Sunday because this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. This was maybe the most excited I've ever been to watch golf, given the context, Tiger Woods, 150th Open, all that good stuff. Last major of the year as well. Grant, uh, tough Brewers game last night, obviously, uh, or yesterday. Obviously not the footing you want to be on when you go to San Francisco. The good news is the pitching matchups line up much better. You have Burns, Woodruff, Lauer all going in that series, and Alexander. Uh, starting horse, as I think we have crowned him on this show. So I, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting spot. We've been in an interesting spot all week in terms of what people feel about this team. We heard a caller in the first hour, Al, talk about how there are enough holes on this Brewers roster and lineup that he doesn't think a move is necessarily worth it to go all in because it won't fix everything. You and I believe that no matter what, they'll be in the playoffs. So maybe you roll the dice, you take a shot. Josh Hader's been concerning. Are you concerned about him? We're talking Colton Wong. Would you move him down? Would you find someone else to just play second base entirely? And now uh, shifting gears a bit further, and it's all in the same ilk. But where should the Brewers prioritize at the trade deadline? Well, I have all of the war values by position in front of me. Oh, yes. I love these. If. I do too. And if Al wanted to make the case that one move wasn't going to make the difference or two moves won't make the difference, I suppose you could use this data to back it up because the Brewers aren't terrible in any of these categories. They're also not amazing in any categories. Like they're just kind of average in all. They're really good at catcher. They're third best in the majors. Omar Narvaez with 189 plate appearances. Is our guy Omar Narvaez getting done a little dirty? People forget he was an all-star last year. Like, he's one of their better hitters. I feel like he doesn't get maybe as many bats as he should get, given how bad the rest of the offense can sometimes be. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of the team, Victor Caratini's also been pretty darn good. His OPS is 824, honestly. And taking away Mike Barrasso, who does not have a large enough sample size, you know who has the highest OPS on the Brewers right now? Uh, Was it Narvaez? It's Victor Caratini, 824. Narvaez is 708, but he has hit for solid average. Yeah, the position as a whole has been awesome, except for Severino, you know, dropping a strike. And We don't need him. We don't need Severino. I'm actually kind of getting frustrated that we have three catchers. I know that's a dumb thing to be frustrated about, but... Take more steroids. Yeah, go ahead. Just don't get caught this time. Uh, One other thing I want to point out, the next best position group by war... Uh, the Brewers are sixth best in the majors at wins above replacement from third base. 165 plate appearances, by far the most on the team. Jace Peterson, 165. The unsung hero. And think about I, I think it. He's getting very sung on my show. And when I can bring him up here. Well, yeah, properly sung during this time slot when we're on air. But I, I think overall, not talked about nearly enough. No one ever says, why don't they move Jace Peterson to leadoff when Yelich is out? And also think about it. There are some pretty darn good third basemen in the MLB. He's going up against in that position. A lot of big names. Catcher, you look around, not nearly the case. Yeah. So the the top wins above average at third base, Nolan Arenado, 
the Cardinals are one. Uh, Manny Machado helps the Padres be two. Devers is three. Austin Riley is third. Orlando Arcia, by the way, also contributing to that number. He has 10 plate appearances out of the third base position. Uh, and then the Yankees with Donaldson and LeMahieu, and then the Brewers. That's the company that Jace Peterson has lifted the Brewers' third base position into. Just incredible. Jace Peterson and Arias, or just Peterson? Uh, so Peterson has 165 plate appearances. Urias has 90. Now, Urias also played a lot at short and second base when he was playing better earlier in the year, so that factors into things too, I think. Yeah, I got Most you. Peterson. 877-867-1670. There is a poll now up on my Twitter at Benzie Kenny. Which position should the Brewers prioritize at the deadline? And I think we can all agree it's going to be multiple. It's not just going to be one. But how would you rank them? Center field, relief pitching help, starting pitching, or second base, or other. I had another category in there as any bat that can help, and then you figure it out. But yeah. if we had to go position specifically, let's say the bat you're looking at has the same caliber, no matter what position he plays, center field, second base, relief help, or starting pitching. The way I would line those four up where I stand right now, center field is number one, and I think it's a guy that has to be able to defend there, given what we've seen as of late. Relief help is number two, even though... You have great guys in the back end. You need depth there, and that should be easy to acquire. Starting pitching is still number three for me because I don't want Jason Alexander starting a playoff game. I think it's that simple. I'm okay if Freddie Peralta goes to the pen even when he comes back if he's not fully there, if he's not, you know, ramped up beginning of the season. Freddie Peralta, second base is last, though I would still prioritize it. If something presents itself, I think they should go after it. I think you build your defense up the middle. That's what they always say, right? I had a caller <laughs> teach me that lesson a couple days ago. Maybe it was Daryl. I don't remember who it well, was. Well, they say that but in football. Base center field. Well, you know, there's a lot of parallels in sports, Ben. You know, I'm, I'm always looking to draw comparisons here. But second base center field, if you can improve defensively at either one, which is so dumb because we started the season with Lorenzo Cain and Colt Wong up the middle, and you think, oh, can't get better than that. That's it's as good as it gets. And now those are our two biggest defensive soft spots. Also, if you get a center fielder, you can move Tyrone Taylor over to left, probably keep Hunter Renfro in right, or you can use Yelich, use him as a DH. You have options. I'm good at adding a plus defender and a bat in center or at second base. Heck, do it at third. Move Urias to second. Or just play Hira if Urias is going to strike out four times a game. There should be no rules, right? Any, any way that you can get better, I'm down to get better. So how would you rank those four, though, if you had to prioritize? I think relief pitching is its own thing because every contender should always look to add relief pitching. So Fair. that's just a given. Want relief pitching. But other than that, probably tied for first for center and second base. I also am fine with Tyrone Taylor in center. So maybe that means second base because Colton Long stinks. And if Adamas and, our, and Urias are cold like they are right now, I can't also have a guy at second who's prone to go over four because now we have three guys. That's three quarters of your infield and really the middle of your order that could be going over. And I, and I can't have that. I need a guy that's not going to go over four, even if Adamas and Arias do. So I guess now that I've talked through this second base, second base, final answer. What you just mentioned, I think is the problem. You said you're fine with Tyrone Taylor in center. That's the entire problem with this entire team is I'm fine with a lot of people in a lot of spots. None of it makes me confident. 
Tyrone Taylor is hitting 228 this year. His OPS, he is literally every other brewer. He almost has the exact same numbers as Colton Wong at the plate. Almost identical to him. The on-base is not good. Colton Wong gets on base more often than him. Tyrone Taylor's been a better defender. But I, I'm fine with him there. Maybe he could get hot. But still, that's, I guess, the entire problem. So I say center because of how important defense is at that spot. And the Brewers do have a couple in-house guys that I would put at second. Listen, Colton Wong has not been good, but he is a much better defender at second base than Keston Hira. I guess I would maybe play the matchups and say, you know, when Corbin Burns is on the mound, let me put Hira's bat in the lineup. And then when Jason Alexander's on the mound, I'll throw Wong out there so he can try to become a better defender and not be as bad as the other ones. Or Aria, someone brought that up as well. Uh, or throw Jace Peterson there. I don't know. You could throw a lot at that position and hope it sticks. Center field, I don't really see guys on this roster that can do it. Jonathan Davis can do it, but you can't have a bat in your lineup that has an OPS below 600. We need to have fewer guys in the lineup where our breakdown of the guys, well, he could get hot. You can have a couple of those <laughs> That's guys. the whole damn team. Yeah, that cannot be the whole team. So that's what I'm saying. Adamas and Urias can get hot. Telez can get hot. I need a second baseman that's going to be good no matter what. Like the way we talked about Abreu yesterday, consistent, reliable, good at bats. I need an anchor or two like that in the lineup. If the rest of the lineup is could get hot, guys, okay, I'll take my chances. Grant, the pitching is great. I have a dangerous comparison that just came to my mind because of what you just said. He could get hot. Do you know who this entire Brewers lineup is? The entire team is at this point. Take away the pitching staff. I'll say the entire offense and defense of this team. Do you know who they are? Uh, Nate Reavers. They're Graham Mertz. Oh, damn it. I was close. It's we've (laughs) seen flashes from all of them. We've seen little hot spells. We have seen prolonged struggles when it matters a lot in most moments where it matters a lot. We have seen significant issues with runners in scoring position, taking care of the football for Mertz. And we go into the year or we go into the second half of this year thinking, you know, they could get hot. We hope that he that Mertz becomes a really good quarterback. We hope that Rowdy Telez starts to hit consistently. We're in the exact same spot with them as we are with Mertz. That just came to me. Well, that's why it's so frustrating. We've seen it with all these guys. We know what they're capable of. and We can't quit them. That's why we're still here debating it like a bunch of idiots like we do with Mertz. It's actually a very good comp. Well done. I do feel like an idiot continue like the Mertz conversation never changes. The only thing that'll ever change it is when they actually go and play football. There are some things you talk about in the off season where you can be moved one way or another. You can talk yourself into something. I cannot talk myself into a single thing with Graham Mertz. It's either he goes out there and he does it or he isn't able to do that. And the team is bad. That's where I'm at. And I can say the same thing about the Brewers team. I can't really talk myself into the individual. I could say, you know, Renfro could go on a hot stretch or Telez can, but I can't talk myself into the offense as a whole performing in the playoffs because we've seen what happens recently when they get to that point. They went cold. Yet I'm going to the second half just hoping, you know, maybe they do. And then it's fun. A lot of sports, I say this on my show from time to time, especially going into a season and we're previewing a roster and how we feel about certain positions. Something I always say, you want as few question marks as possible, right? Question marks aren't the end of the world because a question mark could be a great player with a great season or it could be really disappointing, right? You can have a couple of question marks. 
but you need some certainties, right? Like if we're previewing the O-line. Okay, well, if I know I have a left tackle and a center and a left guard, and I think I have a right tackle, okay, well, right guard can be a question mark and right tackle can kind of be a question mark. That's good. There's a, there's a lot of known there. There's There's some certainty there. I need fewer question marks with the Brewers offense. I need to know going into a playoff series that I can count on two or three guys to show up and put together quality at bats. I can't do that right now, but I think a move or two could change that, which is why I just can't quit on this team. Like I won't and can't quit on Graham Mertz. Yeah. It's also the middle of the summer and what the hell else are we going to do than try to believe in a baseball team and Graham Mertz. And I get more excited about Mertz every day that passes by. That is a ridiculous stance to be on, and it I don't think it'll end up very lucrative, but we shall see. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. Where are you at with this Brewers team? After the loss last night, the second base struggles, the hater struggles. They go into San Francisco. Hopefully they can turn something around, take three out of four, go into the all-star break hot. But overall, going deep in the second half, Where are you at with this offense? Which positions would you like to see upgraded first? Center field, second base. Give us your thoughts. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show on the air with you. Open championship underway in Scotland. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. Open championship underway in Scotland. Cam Young still up atop the leaderboard. The rookie absolute ball striking machine. Cam Young eight under Rory McIlroy. Big time debut round six under sits behind him. You got Cam Smith at five. A host of people, including Lee Westwood, Scotty Scheffler at four under. A lot of names at three. Of course, playing pretty easy in the morning. The uh, Mother Nature came to play some defense, though, as the day went on. The winds picked up. It's cold out there. Spieth right now, two under through seven. Two under through six, excuse me, on the seventh hole. Looking pretty good. So shaping up to be a very interesting tournament. Tiger Woods, uh, six over through, I don't even know. It's bad. It's really bad. Uh, I you guess a face that I've made like the best way to describe this. You, you know, you went to state street, your time at the illustrious UW Madison. Yes. When you step out of the bar at two 30 and you go, <sighs> Oh, how do I get home? That's the face that I saw him make after taking a shot. That does not look like it. Bodes well. I'm no golf expert, but I can read someone's facial expressions. That was not good. I would say that face is often made when the lights go on at the bar. <laughs> that too. At least one of the common <laughs> bars at UW is a basement, no natural light. So when the lights come on and you thought it was 11 PM, you realize it's two 30 AM. That's, oh, no. that's a tough realization, but I'm with you. Yeah. Oh. Not good. I guess we just wait for the Masters next year. I, I don't know. I don't think you'll contend again. Is this the true RIP cat moment? 877-867-1670. The thing is, the where I'm happy here is a lot of great golfers will go through the rest of this round. And then at the end, or the rest of this tournament, when they know they're missing the cut, uh, Jack Nicklaus did it. A bunch of people did it. Well, they'll go to that bridge. It's a very famous picture. 
and wave to the crowd and say their goodbye to St. Andrews and to the Open and go into retirement, or at least from the majors, Tiger Woods will never do that. This is not a guy that likes finality, I feel like, in his golfing career. So the last thing he would do is make a moment of him being done with something. It'll just be something we hear eventually. But contending, I think, is kind of off the table, maybe forever. He's not Coach K, is what you're saying. Thank you for saying that. Okay. No, he is not he Coach K. That. Well, I mean, golf is uh, a sport about making it about yourself. So there are, you know, some similarities there. But no, he will not make the story about him if there is a if there's more tournament to go on. I also don't think that's the reason at all. I just think he doesn't like thinking about finality. That's my sense. So, uh, Grant, I got up early today to watch the mm-hmm. open at four, four fifteen, four thirty. I wanted to get a couple wow. hours in and watch the start of the tournament, get a sense for everything before coming into work. Because while I'm at work, I can have it on in the background, but it's kind of different. Can't really pay attention as well. You miss a lot. And part of what I love about it is once you get to Sunday, you know so much about the course and everything from watching it previously. So I wanted to get the sense. I wanted to get my bearings. So I come to work. Uh, I'm a big pita chip and hummus guy. That's my fuel to get me through any day. I have learned recently that there's a lot more calories in hummus than I initially realized. It just kind of tastes like wet sand. I love it. But wet sand should not have calories. That seems like a con. True. Uh, and I'm a big seltzer guy. So my fuel today, getting through Kenny and Heilprint tonight, six to seven, I'll be mostly here. Might run around and run an errand after our show today. But you're going to need fuel, too, with the Brewers playing at 845 tonight or whatever it is. This is a tough combo. Early golf and late Brewers. So. All right. I'll let everyone into a secret. <laughs> We're hosting what? tomorrow. Like, listen, I like my sleep when I'm hosting the morning show and the Brewers play on the West Coast. I can't stay up for the game. I just couldn't wake up for my job the next day. I get it tonight. I'll catch the first five innings. There is no way I'm staying up until midnight because I'm probably going to wake up at 4 a.m. again and watch golf. Wouldn't expect you to. Wouldn't expect you to. That's fine. I will handle. Hey, let's make a deal. Okay, I will handle the Brewers on my evening show. You handle the early morning golf on the morning show and on Bill Michaels. And it'll be this nice, we will work together to watch and cover it all. <laughs> you are very smart, by the way. The problem is fuel to work. The problem is also yes. nobody cares about the golf at the end of the day. People are going to passively care during the weekend, but there are a lot of stories going on right now that I really entertain me as a golf nut job. All the okay. arguments. It, it's like the old get off my lawn stuff in baseball where automated strike zone, not automated strike zone. A lot of those arguments are happening online right now. I love it. Most people don't care. The Brewers, on the other hand, it's kind of the lifeblood of the show we're doing right now. It's okay. I'll go full skip Bayless. I'll stay up late and concoct some electric takes for, uh, for tomorrow's show. You were smart to bring a snack. So I made a mistake today, Ben. Um, we have a, a show every Thursday on our news station, Wisdom, from 10 to 11, and it's called Cooley Region Cooks. And a local chef or a restaurateur or whatever, a caterer will come in, talk about their food on the air. And normally they bring a lot of food. So when I was leaving my apartment this morning, I was going to make a sandwich. I said, no, 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 no. There will be food. There will be food at work. And this is such a, a con. This is such a trap. Because I get here, no food. Nobody brought food. Oh, no. So now I'm going to be here till 7, maybe after 7. Uh, and I have my water. And I suppose I have the vending machine. But I, uh, 
I'm going to be running on fumes by the end of the day, which if I have to talk about the Brewers offense for the rest of the day does not bode well. I'm going to fade fast. Yeah, I think if there was a very passionate good story out there, we could use that as internal fuel. The fact that Tiger Woods is six over through seven holes, I think is not going to bode well. What there doesn't there's no little sandwich stop uh, shop down the street. You can't just hop out for two minutes. There is, but I, but I went out last night and I got food from a sandwich stop downtown. So I just I don't know. I'm also I also don't have that much money. We're not rich. We're rich of spirit, Ben Kenny, mm. because of all the sports we watch and the good times that we have. I'm rich, rich of spirit. daylight. I've been awake today and will be all weekend. Yeah, that's impressive as hell. Good for you. Yeah, again, you get the golf early in the morning. I'll stay up for the Brewer games. And as a collective, we'll just, we'll know what's going on. It'll be great. Well, it was weird because I went to sleep. I set my alarm a little bit early. I usually wake up around 6. I was going to wake up at like 5.15, 5.30, which isn't a drastic change. But I went to sleep thinking, what if I woke up at this time instead of that? But I didn't put it in my phone or my alarm the bo- the way the body works is insane, but I woke up exactly at four o'clock, just purely off of thinking about it before I went to sleep. It was kind of weird. You woke up just off vibes and you rushed to a TV. I, I'm enjoying watching the open. I've been trying to get into golf more this summer. I'm still very much a casual. I do like the aesthetic of this course. It looks British. It looks like it's across the pond. I don't know this body of water that's next to the grandstand but it looks like the Loch Ness Monster could pop out at any hmm. time. I know I think that's Scotland and not Britain. No, this um, this course is in Scott, St. Andrews, Scotland. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, look at me. I know things. Yeah, that's look where the school course, is. Know where it is. Okay. I have well, a cousin that went something. there, and she doesn't golf, and it's a shame because this is where this course that they're playing this weekend, brief history lesson, it's where golf was pretty much founded. Like, this course is the reason that – you play 18 holes, and this course is the oh. lifeblood of the sport of golf. That's why it's kind of amazing that not much has changed, really. They've m- mixed some things around and lengthened it a tiny bit, but there isn't much room for it to be lengthened. So, yeah, they're still playing the same course that they did hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I said uh, this course was played before the American Revolution as an 18-hole golf course. So it is known as the home of golf. That's what makes this so amazing that they're there playing it. And, you know, everyone wished Tiger would come show up and do his thing. That looked like a nice little shot from Tiger. Set himself right up next to the cup. Golf play by play. If anyone wants to go to sleep, actually, we can hit that segment next. (laughs) Yeah. Coming up next, there are 156 people in the field. Grant will read every name on the leaderboard in order. (laughs) And say how many putts it took them on the second hole. No. Are the live guys doing okay? Aren't uh, they kind of hiding them and making them golf late at night or something? Oh, my God. It's beautiful. The complete phase out that USA has given the live guys is so funny because you have a bunch of them towards the top of the leaderboard. You have uh, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter. Uh, Lee Westwood is at four under. Ian Poulter's at three, top ten. Bryson's at three, top ten. You go down, a bunch of guys are under par. Dustin Johnson's at three, top 10. Uh, Taylor Gooch is at two under. So there are a lot of guys that are in the mix. But not only did the RNA, which is the governing body of this tournament, not give any of the live guys media availability, which is funny. They gave them horrible tee times. They kind of hid them away. And then on the USA broadcast, 
they just didn't show any of their shots. It's a complete phase out unless they are directly forced to show them, which I find really, really funny. This whole thing has gotten so bizarre. I don't even know what to make of it. And I'm not the expert that you should ask about golf. But I'm looking at the leaderboard. I'm trying to find live names. And is anything ever going to become of this, at least this summer in a major, where we're actually going to have a live guy dueling down the stretch with a PGA guy? We're not going to get that, are we? Well, this is the last major of the year. Yeah. At the U.S. Open, it clearly did not happen. They all folded. Dustin Johnson came the closest. I think he was top 15, top 20. But I think as time goes on, the guys playing that tour will get worse and worse and their competitive juices will go more and more away because as we talked about yesterday, their incentive to get a lot better consistently has kind of gone away. I think this tournament right now is the best chance we have at watching that duel happen because there are a bunch of good guys at the top. They're in okay form. And this course is one that you can walk and not be used to 72 whole brutal walks, brutal tests. Easy on the legs. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Well, St. Andrews is what it's called? Yes. I want to read about this place. That's a relative term, easy on the legs. It's still like a six-mile walk overall. Like like when I walk 18 holes, I feel it for the next three days in my back and my legs. And I call it exercise, but I think I'm just completely degrading my body. Can I have a really quick golf take before we take a break? Can you tell me what you think about this? I don't like how we idolize John Daly. Why is that? Maybe I'm okay. Not to do a drive by on Ebo here, but it seems he seems like the kind of golfer where I were like, hell yeah, America, you eat your McDonald's and drive in your cart. It's like, wait, why are we kind of seems trashy? Like, I don't know. Well, we, we have better golfers to idolize than John Daly. Why do we like him so much? Well, Ebo loves him because of Hooters and John Daly's love for Hooters. Pretty much solely, that's the reason. John Daly has clearly been gripped by a lot of our life's vices, that being cigarettes and and alcohol and all that stuff. And how he connected with people is when he first burst on the scene and won the PGA, he was an every man's kind of guy. He just like hit bombs and was very outgoing and not as buttoned up as everybody else, and that appealed to people. So now today, it's still like he had an important place in say, the the showman's aspect of the game. Not that people didn't do it before him, but he kind of took that to a new extreme. Yeah, now he's just kind of a meme. And again, not to bring Ebo up, but was that not the best example? Like, that helped me really, like, put into words the way I feel about John Daly. Yeah, uh, as someone who has recently watched him, I watched him shoot a 65 at University Ridge here in Madison a couple weeks ago at the AmFam Championship. I mean, he is a riveting golfer to watch play. Really? He looks like Santa Claus. Well, yeah. The beard is all the way down. Obviously, a little bit of a larger person at this point. And then watch him just hit tanks is objectively entertaining. By the way, I uh, put in my calendar the zone golf outing. I am going to come down for that Friday. All right. Um, I don't know if I'm going to golf. I probably shouldn't. I might <laughs> just come for the vibes and all right, just to talk to people, but. So here's the key. Don't tell the guys on the morning show unless they're listening now, which they might be, but don't tell them because then they're going to get the callers on your ass and you're going to get harassed every day until then. Dave from Monona is going to call you a pansy for not teeing it up. And then we'll go from there. 877-867-1670. Before we hit break real quick, line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Z in the D. Z. Hello. I'll I'll tell you why everyone likes John Daly. 
Why is that? Grant, do you like Happy Gilmore, the movie? Uh, yeah, it's fine for the that's sake of why, this conversation. That's why everyone <laughs> loves John Daly, because he's the modern-day Happy Gilmore. Simple as that. Well, not okay. really modern, for the record. He's old. He is old. Yeah, but, I mean, he does everything that you shouldn't do in golf, but he does it. He doesn't give a care. He's just there for helping himself out, and he'll eat chicken wings. He'll eat that cold-cut sandwich like Billy Matt or not Billy Madison, but, yeah. You get what I'm saying. Happy Gilmore, John Daly, same person. That's why you like him. Or that's why you might not like You like Happy Gilmore, but you don't like John Daly, which is weird. Gotcha. Oh, I would. No, I'd love to start the rumor that Grant is anti John Daly. I think that's what we've learned today. All right, Z, appreciate it. We got to take All a right, break. I'll make some mock up art for it. Love it. See ya. Uh, 877-867-1670. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up next, we'll talk more Brewers. What positions would you prioritize at the deadline? I put a Twitter poll up, and I don't really know if this word this is worded well, but here it goes. I gave it a shot. Who cares? Which is closer to the truth for this Brewers team? They are a bad team in a horrible division, or they're a great team with minor flaws. Which is closer to the truth? We're going to talk about that when we come back, because I have no clue. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill today. 877-867-1670. I'm not even going to mention who sent me this tweet, but get out of here with this mini golf narrative. Dave from Monona started it on the morning show. Uh, this AM said that I, the golf that I like to go, uh, you know, what I like to achieve is, when the clown faces are there and the windmills are blocking your ball, get that out of here. Oh, you know so who you are who just tweeted at me. Get out of here. Grow up. That's uh, so disrespectful to say not only that you're a mini golf guy, but to say, oh, you like the windmills and the clowns. That is a Dave and Monona. Yeah, yeah. Dave had a good call today. I'd like to hear from Dave today. I would too. I like Dave. I like Dave. I would love to hear from him at some point on the show this week. Dave Grant will be at the Zone Madison Golf Outing Friday, August 5th at Coachman's Country Club, otherwise known as TPC Edgerton, Wisconsin. So you will get your shot at critiquing his game if he does end up playing. We'll get you to hit a shot or two. I think it's safe to yeah. say. Can I, um, here's what I've realized in my very limited golf experiences. Uh, terrible at driving. Oh my. Uh, putting, whatever. You know, if you need someone to chip a ball up onto the green, I I, I I can hold my own. I just get it up in the air and get it to plop down nicely. I I like that. I see you rolling your eyes. You yeah. don't believe me. Something I've learned is just don't say you're good at anything because then when you start to do it and you think you figured it out, you're wrong. Okay. Always. I'm less bad at the mid-range shots than I am at driving or putting. That's very Let's fair. Say. Very fair. All right. 877-867-1670. Mentioned it heading into break here. Which is closer to the truth right now for this Milwaukee Brewers baseball team? 
are they closer to being a bad team in a horrible division or are they closer to being a great team with minor flaws where I stand today? Because we, we had a caller earlier in the last hour say that they have too many holes to make it worth going to find a guy going to find one bat to bolster the lineup. There are too many spots on the team that aren't productive enough to really push this team over the hump or to have one move do that. That's what he thought he was. He's been very frustrated uh, Al, with how this team has performed and how they are constructed. I am kind of with him. I definitely get the sentiment. I use the word fine to describe nearly everybody in the lineup, which is a hard place to be. I mentioned fantasy football a couple days ago. It's like when you have a bunch of Jarvis Landry's that are super okay in the sport. If it's not PPR, I guess if you want to get into the nuts and bolts, but you don't have any guys that are the big boom guys that are going to go win you stuff. And that's where this team stands. So I don't really know where I stand. Honestly, I'm still talking myself into each one. I would say they're closer to being a great team with minor flaws because if you have the pitching that they have and you have the horses in the back of the bullpen that they have, that automatically brings you closer to being a great team. Their flaws Mm -hmm. are definitely more major than they are minor with the defense that we've seen and with the lineup. I mean, one for 16 from the one through four hitters yesterday, not going to win a lot of games like that, but where are you at with this? I'm with you. I think they're a lot closer to being a great team. The Brewers have a starting rotation and a back end of the bullpen that gives them a floor. Like, that's a hard floor. They're going to be a certain level of good just because they have the starters and the back end of the bullpen. Minor flaw is a little misleading. Um, like, their offense isn't a minor flaw, but I, I think it's fixable or adjustable in a way where they could be a great team without a whole lot. You add a reliever, you add a batter to which they should be doing this year and next because this is the time for them to try to win a title. I, I'm not minor flaw makes it sound like, Oh, they have one bad player. Their, their flaw is major in their offense, not being good, but the fix could be minor and just adding a couple of specific guys here and there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I talk myself in circles. I had to move that goalpost a little bit further out for it being realistic because they're not a bad team and they're not close to being a bad team. The division does suck. Like you look at the AL East, I believe every team is over 500 there and they could end up being because the Orioles are hot. They could end up having all of the wild card representatives from the American League. And I think they should. I think fate should bring us to that because of how hard inherently the schedule is for each of those AL East teams. So I definitely would call the NL Central probably the worst division in baseball. So they benefit from that, but I had to move the goalpost in order to make it a poll because otherwise, yeah, they like, they're closer to being a great team than a bad one. But I think the flaws, as you said, definitely closer to major than they are minor. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. Let's go to line one. You're in the bill. Michael show. Who do we got? Eric. Eric. Good to hear hey, from Eric. you. How are you? I'm good. You know, I was just listening to a little bit of what you're talking about there and and I'd like to just chime in. You were saying about the Brewers that they're just kind of a bunch of okay-ish. Fine. Yeah. Is that, is that what, is that what, did I get that right? Yeah. The word I use to describe up and down their lineup, every hitter they have is fine. Fine. So what you have there, and I think Grant will agree, is you have a bunch of Kirk Cousins. I got to go. Bye. Ooh. 
Eric? Did we lose him? I think we lost Eric. Eric, call back or call back when the reception gets better. Is he always on I 90 when he calls you? Yeah. Some nights he'll wait. Like last night, he <laughs> called me at 545 and he said, I just exited off a of 94 onto 90, changed my call sign over. Like he waits <laughs> to call until he's on 90. Or he'll swerve to hit the rumble strip to prove that he's on the interstate. <laughs> what I can't get over, and if you listen to my show regularly and you hear Eric's calls, the way he buttons up his call on shows that aren't mine is nuts. Did you hear how he entered the call and was like, I heard you guys talking about this, and I got to thinking about this, and here's my take, how he presented an argument? Yeah. He calls my show, and it's, I don't even know what he does on my show. How you doing? And it just, it drags on and on and on, and we never really get anywhere. He calls other shows, and it's it's all business. It's really quite something. That sounds like you don't run a very tight ship over there on the Wisco Sports Maybe. Show, four to six. But, but, you know, that's part of the charm. That's part of the, he, he gave me a suggestion for a band name last night. Oh, God. I don't remember what it was. It was some indigenous word that means park your canoe somewhere. I think it was. Now it's come back to me. The band name he recommended was the Shootawuda clan or something like that. And okay. then he explained it. And that was the end of the call. I'm like, Eric, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go Let's see if I can uh, find the audio. 877-867-1670. When we come back. So there is some good news. There's a trade target that many people have talked about. Well, I don't know if I'd call this good news. I would definitely say if, the Brewers are pursuing this guy. The path might have gotten a little bit easier. We'll tell you who it is. We'll tell you what the news is. We'll tell you why. Coming up next, it's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills hanging out with you today. 877-867-1670. You want to get a hold of the program, do it. A lot of time we could take your calls coming up after the top of the hour going into the next hour. So Grant, when we hosted together late June, I think it was June 22nd because I had a document yes. open and it had the date. We talked about the Andrew Benatendi stuff. And both you and I are not totally sold on him being the savior of this team. Somewhat of a contact hitter. Definitely a great defensive corner outfielder. We'll see about center if they bring him in. But a lot of talk has been made about him in baseball circles because a lot of teams are after him. And that's the thing with what the Brewers are doing. If they're going to go after one of these big price bats, there are going to be others that are also on that trail. So one of the teams that was consistently brought up for Ben Attendee was the New York Yankees. And as people learn throughout life, it's kind of hard to compete with the Yankees with stuff, given all of their resources. They seem to get those deals done more often than not. Now, the Kansas City Royals are headed to play the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend, I believe, is when the series is. Ten of mm -hmm. their players are unable to play in that series because they are not vaccinated. There are still rules traveling to Canada that you must be. So to go play in Toronto, have to be vaccinated. Those players are not. Ben Attendee is one of them. So a report came out today. John Heyman, New York Post. Yankees now unlikely to pursue Andrew Ben Attendee trade because he is unvaccinated. 
Now that makes a lot of sense because the Yankees and the Blue Jays are in the same division. They play a lot. The Yankees will have to go to Toronto constantly. The Blue Jays likely could play themselves into a playoff spot. If a playoff series comes up and you have your starting center fielder out for the road games, not a good sign for your chances there. So, I mean, could be good news here. If Ben attendees, the guy the Brewers think fixes the problem, then there's one fewer teams that are out there competing with the Brewers to get him. So yeah. I guess that could be good. But Ben attendees still on the Mets radar. He's still on the radar of many other teams. I don't know. I, I saw this as good news if the Brewers pursue him because the price won't be as high inherently because the Yankees won't be involved. But also in terms of getting Ben attendee, still not sold on him as a player. As we have said, we're not. I mean, what's the difference with Andrew Benintendi and Hunter Renfro or Yelich or McCutcheon or all the guys they already have? That's my issue. Well, Benintendi gets a lot more hits than all of them. He is hitting 317 on this season, and he had a tough month of June, but tough by his standards. It is a lot of singles, hit 265. That's still better than pretty much the entire Brewers lineup. But he's hitting 383 in the month of July. The hits are there. He he is able to consistently get bat on ball, send it into a position to get a hit, which in theory, you look up and down the lineup, Brewers don't necessarily have that. I suppose. I think the Brewers do a fine job getting on base for the most part. They do. And setting up threats. I mean, you hear every other night from Craig Council, we were one hit short, right? We came up short. We couldn't get that big hit. Left a lot of guys on base. And theoretically, if you had Ben Intendi and he gets a lot of hits too, right? Maybe he could always be providing the hit that you're missing. They need someone to produce. They need someone to drive in runs. That's what they're missing. And I don't really know if Ben Intendi's that guy. Maybe. And if his price is really low because the Yankees don't want him. And like you said, that's one contender that's not in the mix, which theoretically should keep the price lower than if the Yankees were in the mix. And sure, I guess. I just... If the prize jewel of the trade deadline is Andrew Benintendi, I, I don't know if that's enough for the Brewers. I'm trying to find Benintendi's games by position this year and how he has fielded uh, those those games because, I mean, if he could bring an impact glove to center, I could definitely be talked into it. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. He He doesn't do it for me. Now, the batting average on the Brewers, I've said this a lot. Like, we are, we're poo-pooing what the offense has done. Overall, there's still an average offense in baseball. Their batting average is pretty low, but they still get on base with the top 10. I mentioned this the other day. All of the top 10 teams in baseball and OPS, as of today, are sitting in a playoff spot. The Brewers are still one of those. I think they're number nine at this point. So the offense isn't as bad as we make it out to be. However, Anybody who watches the team play can understand when they lose games, it is almost always because the offense is non-existent. And a lot of that's situational. Yeah. And what's frustrating is like yesterday, and we've had dozens of these games, they don't need the offense to be great. They don't need to score six runs. There's way too many games where just a, a borderline competent level offense can scratch across two or three runs. And that's enough. And way too often they can't do that. Um, and yesterday was a great example, which is frustrating. So I, I, I get their top 10 in this, and they actually hit a lot of home runs relative to most of the league. Most of the league also isn't trying to win, yep. which is 
uh, makes it really difficult to judge offenses in Major League Baseball. All right, we're going to hit this break coming up. More Milwaukee Brewers talk when we come back. I mean, Andrew Benatendi has been a good corner outfielder his entire career. Every time he's been in center, the metrics have been pretty negative. So maybe not the glove they need at that position, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. More Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.